You are listening to Let's Be Honest with your host, Just Jonda. Hello and welcome to Let's Be Honest. I'm your host, Just Jonda, and tonight I'm going to take a few moments to talk about a topic that's been on my heart for a couple of weeks, especially in light of the fact that we have been doing some shows which will be coming up uh, involving parenting and parenthood, and I've touched briefly during other podcasts about my personal story. But I think that uh, in light of a few things that have come up, it was a perfect time for me to spend a moment talking about two very important cases, um, cases that are like 60 years apart, yet eerily familiar. And that is why tonight's show is called From Emmett Till to Ahmad Arbery, A Mother's Perspective. On January, uh, on January 7th, 2022, so a couple of weeks ago, the killers of Ahmad Arbery, who we've talked about on this show before, the young man who was running, jogging through the Scintilla Shores development in Brunswick, Georgia, were finally sentenced after being found guilty of his murder. And in sentencing Gregory and Travis McMichael, father and son, to life with no parole, and their neighbor and friend, uh, William Roddy Bryant, to life with parole. And if, and by the way, um, the McMichaels, it was life without parole plus 20 years. Judge Walmsley said something that really resonated with me. He Before pronouncing sentence, he held the courtroom in a moment of silence. And then he continued and said, that moment represents a fraction of the time Ahmad Arbery was running. He continued on and said, when I thought about this, I thought from a lot of different angles. And I kept coming back to the terror that must have been in the mind of that young man running through Scintilla Shores. A few days later, on ABC television, as part of a series they're doing on women in the movement, the series kicked off with the story of Emmett and Mamie Till. And if you aren't familiar with this story, Emmett Till unfortunately became known and famous, especially in Black households, 
for something that is so terrifying that no one, not even our fame-hungry world today, would want because it was a cautionary tale for many in, in our Black households. He was lynched because at the age of 14 in Money, Mississippi, while visiting relatives, he was accused of making inappropriate gestures or comments towards a white woman. And what happened to him can be termed as nothing less but disgusting of the highest order. When two or more, we suspect it was more, everyone does, men then called themselves capturing him and they beat him until he was recognizable and threw his body away like it was trash. When he was found and when his mother, the very brave Mamie Till Till Mosley, uh, became involved, obviously, because her child was missing, ultimately found, and the body returned to her. She made a bold decision in a bold statement by deciding that his casket would be open so that the world would be forced to bear witness to the horror that became her son's end due to the sickness of racism and prejudice and the thread of that that permeates this country from its beginnings well through the times of actual slavery bondage to other forms of bondage through Jim Crow, through the time of her son's killing, 70s, 80s, 90s, and even now, when you had the modern lynching of Ahmaud Arbery in Brunswick, Georgia, on February 23rd, 2020. And the reason why these two incidents, I draw the link between them, is not just for the fact that they were young Black men and and who were killed in such a disgusting manner for reasons that while others will try to play around with, certainly as it relates to Ahmaud Arbery, but for what most of us believe to be racially motivated, just like Emmett Till's before him. But what draws the thread for me is what... Judge Walmsley said. Now, for those who have talked to me personally, they know that um, I was a big fan of Judge Timothy Walmsley during the course of this case. Just um, as a fellow attorney, I just appreciated how he ran his courtroom and uh, the time and care that he took to try to listen to the individuals, but also not to take any crap from them either. Um, everything from how he ran his courtroom during motions practice right through to the trial. And I was not disappointed in uh, during the sentencing either. And it's not because, of course, I, like many, wanted to see a conviction and then stiff penalties accordingly. No, 
I was pleased with him because by his words, I felt heard. I felt seen because that is what is usually missing for so many people, so many of the disenfranchised and the underrepresented is not hearing heard and seen. And there I felt heard and seen as a parent. I felt heard and seen as a black mother. And I felt like the victim, Ahmaud Arbery, sadly unlike Emmett Till before him, who was not heard and seen by the justice system. I felt like Ahmad was heard and seen. And that's why I call this from a mother's perspective, because when the, I, I felt a certain kind of way when I heard Judge Walmsley's words, and literally a few days later, I had someone ask me um, when they knew the mothers of the movement uh, or the Women of the Movement event was happening. He said, Jonda, are you going to watch it? And I said, well, of course, I recorded it, and I'll watch it this weekend. I had a lot going on. And I said, between the fact that I have a lot going on, I can't watch it during the week, but also I need to be in a certain frame of mind to sit down, watch it, and sit in it. Because the Emmett Till story for me is something that I sit in. Just like when I had my first opportunity to go to the National Museum of African American History and Culture, there is a room that is devoted to uh, Emmett and Mamie Till. And I went uh, probably about my first opportunity, maybe within a year of the museum opening. So I sat in the exhibit and I always say, Thank God there was the sort of a solarium type room right outside of that exhibit. There's a fountain. And my understanding is that that was very deliberate. It is sort of a waterfall type area with a bench, very serene, because I needed to sit there. And honestly, I don't know if I sat there five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. All I know is that I needed that time to sit with myself and sit in it, sit with Emmett, sit with Mamie and get myself together before I continued on with the rest of my passage through the museum. But in answering that person's question and, and talking about what I just said to you in terms of needing to sit with that story, because the Ahmaud Arbery sentencing had just happened, I said, this is such an amazing time in, in terms of coincidence, because what Judge Walmsley said kind of sums up in a lot of ways, or at least it it helps to put into perspective a lot of ways how parents feel. And of course, I can only speak from a mother's perspective. It puts in a, it puts those pieces together when it comes to and that common feeling for my people like myself. And I'll talk about my own story in a moment, Ms. Mamie as well as Ahmad Arbery's mother, 
Wanda Cooper Jones. And part of the reason why I said it puts it all together and puts us on common ground is because that feeling, that disturbing feeling of thinking about a young person, your child, and their last moments on the planet being fraught with fear and pain and every possible negative emotion that you could have is one of the most horrible feelings next to the actual death of your child that you can feel. It makes me even think of George Floyd and calling out to his mother. And the only good thing that I could think of in that moment was thank God that his beloved mother, who had already passed on, wasn't here to hear her son calling out her name in his last moments in fear or calling out to her in his last moments in fear and in pain. Because as any parent will say, the worst thing that they could ever imagine happening that none of us ever want to see happening is your child dying before you. That's one of those things that as far as any parent is concerned, it goes against the circle of life. Now, granted, we know that life happens and sometimes that circle is disrupted and sometimes mommies don't go before grandmommies and mommies and daddies don't go before babies. Unfortunately, the things get all screwed up as far as we as parents are concerned. Something's off here. Something's off its axis in our hearts and in our minds when our babies go first. Because let's be clear, they're always our babies. Whether they are Ahmad's age, whether they are Emmett's age, or whether they are the age of my beloved son who died in my arms at eight weeks old. The worst possible thing that you want to think about is exactly what Judge Walmsley talked about. That fear. Emmett Till's mother not only had to deal with the fact that she lost her child. That's painful enough. It would have been incredibly painful if her baby had died in his sleep. Because again, he's 14, but he's still her baby. But the fact that she is tasked with and stuck with the knowledge, there's no guesswork here, that when her son left, it wasn't peaceful. It wasn't anything she could have done to at least give him a last happy moment. It was in fear alone, in pain, with who knows who, what, where, saying God knows what to him. That's the way her son left. 
And then we have Ahmad, who even it was acknowledged by the court that Wanda Cooper's son once again left looking in the face and the eyes of his killer, someone who had already, as far as most of us are concerned, determined that he wasn't worthy to live because by virtue of the color of his skin, he wasn't worthy to be in their neighborhood. Something that simple. You're not worthy to be here. And your life means nothing to us. We will mow you down with a truck. And if that doesn't work, we will blow you away. And then when we're at least an attempt is made to hold us responsible for it. By the way, it was your fault that we had to do it. And forget all the legal wrangling. Because of course, everything I said, that's the lawyer in me. I can't help it. But again, back to being a mom. Her son's last moments were as crappy as they could possibly be. Because let's face it, even if our time with our child is potentially limited, we don't want it to be garbage. We don't want it to be painful. We don't want it to be ugly. In those last few days with my son, my son died at eight weeks after a difficult birth experience and he survived it. Thankfully, we both did. But unfortunately, at six weeks old, I made the difficult decision to move into hospice with him. But you all may be hearing something in the background. I'm actually recording this remotely. I made the dis- difficult decision to move into hospice with him. And one of the things I did in that last few days was I agreed that he could be given morphine for pain, especially in light of his organs failing. And while I knew that that could potentially slow his heart rate, that could potentially limit his moments with me, I also felt that despite the potential of those moments being limited, that I would rather have a few less moments than one moment that he was in pain, whether he was able to express me or let me know or not, because as a mom, I would know. He's in my arms. There's just something, there is a an indescribable connection that every mom already knows to all of her babies, no matter how old they are, including the 14-year-old that's sitting with me. You just know. And so I think about Emmett's mom, and I think about Ahmad's mom, just like I'm Jared's mom. And I think about the fact that the judge, Judge Walmsley, said something that as difficult as those moments were, I felt just a little spark in my heart that made me feel like, wow. Somebody heard it. Somebody gets it. 
that of all of the horrors, the fact that those last moments were fraught with additional horrors for those young people mattered. It's not just the fact that they weren't, they aren't here anymore. It is that someone thought about what it must have been like for them to come to that end, legalities notwithstanding. I get it. And I feel like there was, I hope there was a little bit in that somewhere for Ms. Mamie Till Mosley that she felt like somebody got it too in hearing those words however many years later after her son's killers walked away and after the woman who made that accusation admitted that Emmett didn't do anything. And even if he did, he still wouldn't have deserved what happened to him. And so once again, as I said, this is a mother's perspective from Ahmad, I'm sorry, from Emmett Till to Ahmad Arbery. I thank you for giving me a few moments tonight just to share that with you. As always, please follow me on all social media platforms at Let's Be Honest JJ. That's Twitter and Instagram at L E T S B E H O N E S T J J for Just Shonda. Of course, you can join in and the lots of other things I have going on in the Fashion and Drama Diaries on Facebook. The link is in the info box. You can also, I really hope that you are ordering and enjoying uh, the book that I contributed to, which is called A Parenting Odyssey. And I wrote the chapter uh, in, about parental guilt. <laughs> Because we all have a little bit of that going on. Are we doing enough? Are we not doing enough? So my chapter is called Overachieving at Everything Except Parenting. I hope you enjoy it and you get something out of that as well. You can follow me on all podcasts, uh, on pa all podcast areas, especially if you have Apple iTunes. We are moving up the charts over there. So I hope that you will help. And so if you go over there, you leave me uh, five stars, of course, and a review. You can always contact me, especially if you have some information you want to discuss, uh, even some legal issues, or possibly want to talk about issues related to being on the show. I'd love to discuss that with you. Thank you once again. And if you want to talk about it, click about it, link about it, or you just want to see what I have to say about it. Let's be honest together. Good night. <laughs>